Conscious Collaboration brings together entrepreneurs, changemakers, and thought leaders. We aim to highlight the people that embody the idea of aligned mind, body, and business. Each week, we share, discuss, and learn from the various experiences and ideas of our guest experts. Through our discovery, we find a path to an aligned mind, body, and business. At the Conscious Collaboration Podcast, we are proud affiliates of Atapa medical grade red light therapy devices. Red light therapy boasts a long list of clinically proven benefits, many that I and many of my clients have experienced firsthand. You can be sure that you'll be able to train harder, recover faster, and sleep better with Atapa red light therapy. Visit myatapa.com, M-Y-A-T-A-P-A.com, or use the link in our Instagram bio to shop with the code COLLAB15, that's C-O-L-L-A-B-15, for a discount on your device. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Lisa. I'm Emily. And I'm Michelle. And we are the Conscious Collaboration Podcast. Yeah. Uh, yay. <laughs> Welcome back. This episode I think is going to be really fun. I'm excited. I'm excited about it because it is because of you guys, the listeners. We are already getting questions, comments sent in to us and We just want to encourage you to continue to send in your questions and your comments. We really appreciate it. It's making it really fun for us to create content around topics that we know that you'll love and you'll enjoy to listen to. Please DM us through Instagram, reach out to us. We have a Gmail account. It's conscious collaboration podcast at gmail.com and keep those comments and questions rolling because we really do appreciate it. So today's topic, again, thanks to the listeners, Mm -hmm. um, was pretty much the highest on the list of questions that we've gotten so far. And that has to do with how do you juggle mom life with business? So this one's for all the mamas out there. And as many of you might know from previous episodes, Lisa and our Emily, are both moms. And so I'm a dog mom, but you know, (laughs) it's it's a little bit different. (laughs) It can be just as taxing. Yes. I think it's important to open this discussion up to all parents. You know, there's all kinds of different scenarios out there. And certainly for any dads, single dads or otherwise, this could be, um, you know, a useful discussion as well. And yes, that's true. Thank you for adding that. So this is for the mamas and the daddies. All right. So should we just jump right in to the questions? Let's Let's go. All right. So one of the first questions we got about how do you juggle mom life with business is, is it important to you to create your own time? And if that's, you know, a priority for you, um, what types of things do you do in that time? So Let's start with Lisa. Yeah, certainly. I, I love this question and topic because it's something that I work on a constant basis every day. And it's something that I preach and teach is the importance of self-care, but I struggle so much with it myself. And I always have, especially when I started introducing, creating the businesses um, and it's a balancing act. It's a tight wire act. A lot of the times I wasn't able to even fathom the idea of working in time for myself while creating the business and maintaining a family life, especially in the first initial few weeks where I was really still working on developing the foundations of both business entities, but while nursing a child and a toddler (laughs) bouncing around at the same time, it wasn't pretty. And it took its toll. I, I think I looked like 15 years older coming out of those first few weeks before I saw all the red flags and really just realized this isn't getting me anywhere. I might be doing a lot of stuff, but taking away the creativity and the inspiration just isn't an effective place to be. So 
that meant working in, you know, initially taking some breaks to walk or take some phone calls while on a walk and getting out in nature and getting in the sun, which later then evolved into integrating in workouts and training with Emily a couple mm-hmm. days a week. That's a game changer. If you can find just a few ways to break away each day and it opens up that room in your head and that space to allow you to be creative and really connect back with who you are. Because just like when you get into a new relationship and, you know, with everything, every bit of you, you can lose this part of yourself if you're not careful. Yeah. So this is a good question. It's something I work on maintaining every day. And I think it's just going to be a forever, (laughs) forever part. Like I'll need a reminder I'll need you and Emily <laughs> to practice. Um, yeah. Yeah. To practice to say like, Hey, take a day off lady. <laughs> like mm-hmm. let's unplug mm-hmm. because you get into this cycle where it's not serving anybody. It's not serving you. It's not serving your children or your friends or family around you. Yeah. It's like, it's like a crazy train, but I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you use now working out as one of your It's a must-have. Yeah, it's a must-have. If I don't have that time training and working through things with Emily too, and we're able to like also have business chatter and life chatter while we're Uh working out, which is so extremely valuable. I think it's like all the things that are cluttering my brain just wouldn't find a way to filter through. And also it's just really, you know, your, my strength, my own personal strength is just not nourished in the way that it can be when I integrate in working out. Mm-hmm. So essentially it's like doing a brain dump in a notebook, but instead you're, you know, able to get those thoughts out and, and also work out and feel good at the same time. Yeah, it's like, it's, out. we always joke like in the studio about channeling and it's, so it's like <laughs> channeling all the essences of everything and like filtering it down and then injecting it into your workout. And it feels really good to make it through no matter how challenging it is to make it through on the other side and like, see like, okay, yeah, I did push the needle. I did. I did have some gains in this week, no matter how challenged I felt going into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Those sessions are highly valuable for both of us. <laughs> I I draw a lot from those two for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Must have in my life. I don't know if that answered your question in total, but (laughs) yeah, no, that's awesome. What about you, Em? How do you create me time and you know, what type of things do you do? Well, there's a couple parts to this. When I started, I was definitely way more out of balance on the not taking any time for myself. You know, I thought I had to be here at the studio all day. And at night, I thought I had to teach a million classes a week. And I would bring Olivia here. And she was a three major. And, you know, (laughs) I like, I would struggle trying to like teach classes and not have her throw a tantrum. And, you know, I was just constantly burning the candle at both ends. And I would say that that went on for some years, you know, and I would take other people's classes and sort of haphazardly try to do things for myself, but I was burnt for a while for sure. And I think it was COVID, like the (laughs) lockdown really that really forced me to shift from that and sort of not just slow down, but completely stop. Right. And take a step back and see what in my schedule was really even necessary. Cause what I ended up finding was like like 65% of what I was doing was not even really necessary. I was just spinning my wheels. And fortunately from all that as well. And with the more I was learning about merge and the birth of iron yogi fitness, I was able to start to work in that me time and that self care as a part of my business, you know, all the stuff that we talk about with the breathing and grounding and getting sunlight, like Lisa was saying, and and going just for walks here and there really When you take a step back and you look at things, these are relatively simple to add into your day. I kind of think about it like micro dosing little bits of Mm -hmm. self-care into your day, but taking that, you know, 20, 30 minute walk 
after you've just used your brain in a million different ways can change how the entire rest of your day goes or, you know, creating that morning routine, waking up a little bit earlier to get, you know, that's definitely me time. Even when Olivia does wake up early with me, she knows that like, I want my, you know, 10 minutes of quiet time with my lemon water and my red light and I'm chilling and uh, just those little things consistently over time have really changed the way that I feel and the way that I approach business. I think that I have a much clearer head and uh, a much clearer outlook on things, having worked all these self-care practices very intentionally into my life. Yeah, it's funny. I think, you know, a lot of folks go into business because they want to create their own schedules. They want to create their own freedoms, whatever that means to you. But I've found personally and just through research and, and listening to other, you know, entrepreneurs that having a structure in place actually gives you more time in your day. Even though it feels like you don't want to have that structure, that's why you're in business. It's actually, you know, can help give you more time in the day to have more freedoms. So I think what I'm hearing, and this was also another question, happened to be the next question, but I think, so what I'm hearing from you, Emily, is that putting in those little components every single day helps you have more time for yourself. literally scheduling them in. Yeah. Yeah. So the next question is for both of you, which I think you already alluded to this. Some Emily is, do you both implement routines and schedules throughout your week, even your weekends to juggle everything? And for those that may not have listened to previous episodes, both Emily and Lisa are single moms. So with that being said, there have been some folks have asked questions, you know, do you put your kids in daycare to help with that structure to help, you know, while you're working or, you know, how, how do you juggle all of that with a routine and schedule? So Mm -hmm. I can speak some for Emily as well. I know that she's really great about a routine. We were away in California last (laughs) year and I'm just like, I'm in California and I'm sleeping Mm -hmm. in. I had some wine the night before and Emily's (laughs) up at five o'clock in the morning with her red light and doing her (laughs) breath work, like, uh, like clockwork every single day. And I'm just like, man, I guess I need to get a routine (laughs) put into place, but she's really great about that. But if you want to elaborate any more on it. Yeah. Well, and something that I've tried to pay attention to fairly recently is because I'm not inclined to naturally be a planner at all. You know, I'm very much like fly by the seat of my pants and I can thrive that way, but also, so there's a happy medium, right? You don't want to be a rigid planner where you make these plans and you make this structure and you become anxious if you deviate from that plan at all. Right. You want to be a flexible planner. So, you know, you want to have a structure for your day. You want to have specific things that you want to spend your time windows working on so that you're not just sort of scrolling the internet and doing, you know, random tasks, which is kind of how I would have handled that before. And and it, it just helps too, to have that schedule. So you can, I'm a very visual person, so you can see your day and see how it's going to go. But then you have to be adaptable enough to understand that, especially as a business owner or as a mom, freaking even in that, you know, morning circus, I call it like, (laughs) that's part of the reason why I have to wake up so early. You have to kind of give yourself like a good 30 minutes of contingency time for whatever the crisis of the day is, you know? (laughs) So yes to planning, it does relieve a lot of anxiety, but also yes to flexible planning you got to be able to, to deviate from the plan because things aren't going to go as planned all the time. Mm-hmm. But that way you can at least look back and say, okay, you know, I did get stuff done this week or I did get stuff done today. And you, for your self-care things and your, and your workouts that you're trying to work in, I mean, that's the only way to 
ensure that you get those things done. You know, if you say, I should probably go for a walk today, it's probably not going to happen. Whereas if you have that on your schedule, then it's easy to see how you're going to fit that in there. Mm -hmm. And maybe some days, you know, something happens and, and you don't, but net net, you've, you know, consistently walked maybe five days out of the week. And that'll make a huge difference in your output. Right. What about you, Lisa? Yeah, I think it's interesting to like, Emily was mentioning when you have the kids that you're trying to manage and integrate into the day. And they're, they are tiny little humans that have their own opinions and <laughs> their own emotions too. And they don't always fit perfectly into my calendar with their emotions right. and, <laughs> and what's going to be happening. And it's wild sometimes. I mean, especially I think the bar got raised a little bit during a lot during the pandemic and being shut in with the kids and trying to have meetings, <laughs> business meetings with the kids floating around. I mean, what I gained from that is, you know, parents out there having their kids working in their space and we made it happen. I think we're new people and for the better coming out of it, because for me, it taught me to give more visibility to my children, what I'm doing in my day. So they understand and they do, mm. they understand, you know, you know, your, your mom has to go to work and this is what she does and they have visibility to it. And I talked to them very, now they're three and six now. So they were, you know, they were babies basically when I started the businesses, but now they're at a great age where I am very transparent with them and direct, and they know also the schedule. So we have a family calendar on the fridge and I am a single parent. So I co-parent with her father and he mimics the same system at his house with a calendar as well. So they know what days they're with their mom versus their dad, <laughs> when they are going to school or camp, they, you know, they're just as much a part of it. So it's, you know, even though I am a single mom at home with the kids meant much of the time, it's, it takes a family conversation in this instance of sending the kids back and forth and keeping track of all the uniforms and the toys and all of that. But there needs to be that, like Emily was mentioning, getting things on the calendar. If it's not on my phone, it's probably not going to happen. So it's the importance of syncing up all of the calendars, personal business calendars all together and then making sure you get those notifications and reminders, because sometimes your brain just shuts down <laughs> from the sheer amount of, wait a minute, I'm not doing something. What should I be doing right now? If it wasn't for some of the scheduled appointments in my phone to remind me, I would, I wouldn't know. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is what I'm doing with this block of time right now. And it might be, it might be taking the walk or it might be running some errands that I need for school for the next day. But I love all of the I use all of the apps and all of the ways to keep track of all of the schedules that are going on. So that's great. I don't know how parents did it before. Right. I don't know. We I still mean, make mistakes sometimes. All the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I'm like, and I it's see. It's not a foolproof. We're not the only system. ones. You know, it doesn't ever, you know, there's going to be a day where you're not getting to school on time and the, the whole day backs up behind that. And it's just, okay, this didn't work out as planned mm -hmm. and tomorrow is going to be different. And I think too, like, it's important for me to have blocks of times, like a, like not a list, but I'll have a, an idea of a block of things that need to be worked into the week. And it might be for my personal time. And I kind of float them into my calendar. So I know that there's like 10 items across the week that I need to work in. And some of them are doctor's appointments for myself. Or, you know, just simply picking up groceries or checking in on someone, those types of things, but they don't always fit into my day the way I think they do. I just kind of float them into the next day and hope by the end of the week that I get all of those met. But it's, you know, again, it's, it's a system that's constantly changing. I want to acknowledge something as well, because I think in order to keep inviting in good fortune, you it's good to acknowledge the good fortune that you already have around you. And so I understand that I am uniquely fortunate in certain aspects of this single mom game in that, for example, their father is stable and, you know, reliable, you know, and able to 
have her on a schedule that works really, really well with my business. And while I don't have necessarily any family in town, you know, I do have a family that is supportive of the situation. And I think that's just important to point out because that's not necessarily the case in a lot of people's lives. And so there can be even bigger barriers to overcome. And I don't know all the solutions, right, to the complex, you know, web that is human life and interaction that creates all these scenarios. But the one factor that I find that makes that work out so well to my benefit is that we are both completely devoted to doing what's in the best interest of Olivia, void of either of our emotions or opinions, you know, of our own past relationship. That is all null and void when it comes to our decisions. And I know that not everyone has a co-parent who, you know, they can say the same thing about and that And some just don't have a (laughs) co-parent and uh, those can be really tricky situations. And like I said, I don't really know all the solutions for that, but I think that just to keep showing up in that vein, and that's a practice too, because we're all humans and, you know, we all can have tendencies overcome us to want to make this selfish decision. But I think to try to just stay on that right side of truth and always put the child or the children first is what's going to reap the most benefits in the end, even if you don't have a cooperative partner. It sounds too like it would be benefit anyone who is a single parent and may not have that same situation to Mm -hmm. build a tribe around them or Mm -hmm. get involved. So what I'm hearing you say, both of you is that you guys are blessed and lucky to have a good support system. So maybe for those that don't have that support system, I personally have my best friend is like my sister, but she's, you know, not blood related. So I think you can build families out of finding your tribe as well. So it takes a village as they say. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like as you're working on building a business, you know, that it's just as important to build that tribe with other folks and that network of people to keep you uplifted as well. Yeah. You know what that makes me think of? Sorry to cut you off, Michelle. That's Um, okay. But in relation to feng shui, something that you guys have both brought up very recently is helpful people and calling that into your life. So maybe there's a simple tip that you guys could give people to use feng shui to to, uh, call on those helpful people. Yeah, that's come up a lot. Michelle and I've been talking about the energy of helpful people and, and how much, and especially it's just escalated recently, especially around our entrepreneurial friends. And I I think it it can apply to families very easily too. But yeah, so Michelle, I know you have some fun ways to call in helpful people that I think would be a fun, unique tip to share that you shared with me privately, if you feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. So one of the fun things, that's the key word right there when you're doing any of this, it's intention and having fun with it. Don't be stressed out that, you know, of that feeling of lack or what you're trying to call in is because you feel that you're lacking something, right? So try to, first of all, have a nice clear mind of my intention is to just be open-minded and have fun with this and see what comes of it. But what I like to do is whatever specific, I guess you could say section I'm working on or, or thing that I'm calling in when I get my nails done, I have them painted (laughs) in the color that I'm working with. So as we've kind of talked about a little bit, I don't know if we got real in depth with this in the episode about feng shui, but feng shui is related to the five elements and there's nine sections on a map and it's each one is related to a color and a certain quality. So in the helpful people section, the colors are 
gray, metals, white, and even black. So uh, yesterday I went and got my nails done because I'm working on my helpful people section and I got a really pretty gray kind of opalescent. Is that even a word? Opalescent? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Color. And, you know, to be honest, I would never in a million years paint my fingernails this color. I would have never thought of that, but I'm really loving it. And people are giving me compliments, which means, you know, it's working. So (laughs) not that I did it for the compliments, but I mean, it's just, I can tell like people are more interacting with me. And so I feel like since it's on my person, it's just right there with me every day to remind me that I'm calling that in. So that's just a fun way. So it also goes to show you that you can literally feng shui anything. It doesn't necessarily the have to be nails. a space. Where, <laughs> where is the helpful people section in the home or in a room? So, yeah, so that's correct to say you're taking the Bagua energy map, which is what Michelle just described. It's a nine sectioned map and the bottom of the map in our school of thought always aligns with the wall that contains the entrance or mouth of chi. That's which the energy is flowing in. So that's usually the architectural main front door, but it can also be the door that enters into any room or where you pull your chair in to the desk to sit and work is also an energy of entrance, intentional entrance. So if you align the map to the wall that contains your front door that you use, it is the front right corner section of that space that contains helpful people energy. And it's also the space that's aligned with and nourished with benefactor energy and travel. Mm -hmm. So really great place to activate and call in very useful, especially in entrepreneurship. It's useful when you're moving to a new area and you're trying to find support or in real estate and you need your teams to activate, to, to help you get to your next spot in the transaction. And As Michelle said, it's ruled by the earth element of metal. So metal, you can use metallic objects or you could use any of the colors that contain the energy of metal that Michelle mentioned, or you could use something that's round or spherical, or you could even hang a feng shui crystal in that area and set your intentions just as Michelle described and really envision and just kind of soak in that energy of expecting to get in that space of support and helpful people in your life. And it can be speaking to helpful people that are here with us today. It can be those that have already left us and ascended or departed. It can be any helpful people energy that you can call on to help you through whatever, wherever you are in your life journey. So especially when you're going through any kind of wild transition, like starting a business or even welcoming in children into a household, that's very valuable to have. So you want to make sure you have a good presence of metal. And if you don't have a lot of metal, you can add in earth because earth creates metal. And so that would be a good way to bring in more metal without adding another piece of metal is adding in earth. I love using salt rock lamps. Those contain, they're of the earth, but they also have some fire in them. I love to use globes because they're round and you can see all of the earth elements in a globe. It's round. It has colors in it. And that was taught to me by my mentor, Steve Kodad. He was like, really like, look at a globe. A globe contains all of the elements. You can move it anywhere and set your intention. It's super easy. They're really cute and decor. You can even paint them or like put wallpaper on them or whatever to make them. I happen to have one in the front right section of my house. Okay. Well, you're (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny um, when my husband and I got married, our guest book, we did a hand-painted globe off of Etsy and it says like adventure awaits or something. And then everybody wrote on it. And before I even knew about feng shui, the center of my helpful people section I put the globe on the very top of the shelf. So it's funny how you subconsciously do stuff like that. I do want to let folks know that it does depend on which way you're standing. So if you're standing in the inside of your house, looking at your front door, it would actually be the left side. Mm -hmm. But if you're outside your house, looking at your front door, it would be considered the right side. So just in case anybody was to get confused about that. What a helpful (laughs) little feng shui detour. (laughs) Yes, that was fun. I like that. 
Yeah. So, all right. Well, yeah. Thanks for asking that question, Emily. Sure. That's a good little tip that we could throw in there. Okay. So let's go to the next question that the next burning question folks want to know, do you both have hobbies aside from your self-care, your business, your children? And if so, what are those hobbies and how do you make time to, to do that as well? Hobbies. <laughs> Lisa, I ahead. think, yeah. So I like to have a personal life. I'm so blessed that I'm able to do that now and integrate in more hobbies now that I've gotten my co-parenting situation resolved because every parent out there knows when you have kids too, I mean, whether or not you have a co-parent living with you, some of those hobbies fall to the wayside and it's just not possible with, with babies and toddlers crawling all over you. <laughs> but I do have hobbies. It's just, I like the word that Emily used in having like microdosed yeah, yeah, yeah. hobbies because they change. I like variety and I'll get into one thing for a while and find the time. So it's more just kind of like what catches my attention at the time and it'll become a hobby and I'll try it. But I don't have any long-term hobbies aside from strength training with Emily. And I, I love, you know, anything I can work in outdoors, whether it's hiking or just simply walking, going to the beach. I like, I know those aren't really hobbies, but so I did play around, like picked up a tennis racket recently, like hobbies, like that's like something I'll microdose in every now and then it gives me a chance to, you know, just get out around people. And, and it's challenging to me. Art's always been a hobby for me. So wherever I can, you know, if I'm going to channel out some time and sit down and draw or create, I love to do that too, but it's more just the best way to describe it is like my hobbies. I, I make time to like learn something new and try something new as often as I can, but I don't have the same hobbies that I used to have back in the day that were like, you know, running used to be a hobby for me. And I would take several hours a day sometimes and go out running. And that's just not possible with the children and the businesses at the same time, unless they go with me one day. <laughs> so yeah, like bike riding, that type of thing. I don't know, Lisa, I heard you were a uh, pretty badass with that, uh, that tennis racket. I, because I told you it was, <laughs> <laughs> it felt good to like, I think like the last time I picked up a tennis racket was in college and I was like terrified to pick it back up and it was so much fun. So it's like, but going back to the idea of like finding things that bring you joy or like that are fun and challenging outside of the home life with the kids and the business and, and all of that is really nourishing to do, but yes. Yeah. Cause I think even though technically your business, you're doing it because you love it. Right. And that's kind of like maybe a hobby that turned into a passion that turned into a business. I still think it's healthy to break away sometimes and just like completely disconnect from that for like a weekend and do something else. That's yeah. Fun. That's such a good point. Like our businesses start from our hobbies somehow. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so it gets kind of blurry and even, and it even feels weird sometimes that people are like, Oh, you're doing your hobby full time kind of yeah. thing. And you're like, no, that's, it's, I don't put it in the same category, but yeah. I mean, even though it stemmed from a place of a hobby at one, at one time, and now is something that, I mean, it, does, it still brings me joy. I love feng shui and I love design. I love teaching. I love all of that, but I don't put it in the same space as, as hobby at all anymore. It's totally different and separate. Yeah. What about you, Em? Hobby is a really funny word to say over and over again. <laughs> what, um, <laughs> random thoughts hobbies um like a hobbit a hobby let's go with that but <laughs> it did feel good thanks we'll add that to our drinking <laughs> yeah. to but hobbies. yes <laughs> but hobbies uh oh <laughs> gosh so i'm a gemini and i feel like it's kind of a known thing for gemini's to pick up hundreds, if not thousands of hobbies over a lifetime and put them back down and pick them back up and put them back down. Now, the thing about me though, is if I latch on to one of those hobbies, it becomes a passion project and, you know, I will just tunnel vision. And so I can say that now about, you know, lifting weights, for example, I would say that's my favorite hobby <laughs> yeah. and now it's my job. Yeah. So I'm very fortunate in that way 
But I also agree that it's important at least sometimes to, you know, completely disconnect from what you're doing business-wise and just do something that has nothing to do with that. And, you know, if, if I made time for something that I've done throughout my life, it would probably be like painting and drawing, making art in that way, because that's something that, that I've done and loved my whole life. But also, you know, I kind of maintain that urge to just constantly try new things as well. And maybe I don't continue them for a lifetime, but who cares? <laughs> I saw you out on the waterboard the other day. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that was the first time in a, in a year that I had been paddleboarding, so I don't know if you can clarify what I'm describing. You're talking about paddleboard. Manatees, that was actually really dope. We had three manatees that were right around our boards. It was very Discovery Channel. But so, yeah, I, I love and believe it's crucial to get out into nature and touch nature in some way, especially water, you know on a somewhat regular basis. So yeah, I would love to make that a more regular hobby again. And I think a theme for this whole thing, for all of these questions is like that. I don't necessarily believe when you put the microscope in on something that you can achieve a perfect balance, a perfect work life, work hobby balance at least, like I said, not in the microscopic view. It always ebbs and flows. We're going to have weeks where really, I use this phrase, I feel like I've never used this phrase in my life, and this will be the second podcast I'm using it in, but nose to the grindstone and, you know, just going in hard on work. We're not really getting much extracurricular done, you know, with the kids or or whatever. And then you'll have weeks where, you get to sit back a little more and, and let things come to you. And maybe we'll get to go out to eat or we'll get to, you know, go to the park or, you know, I'll get to go paddleboarding or, or whatever it is. I think it ebbs and flows. And as long as you can zoom out and in the macro find some, maybe not perfect balance. I don't, I don't know as an entrepreneur, if you're ever going to have like equal parts, well, so it's just work in, and play, but you like the, the Tai Chi dynamic or the Tao of there's always going to be the bad with the good. There's going to the pendulum be always swings the other way, the yin to the yang always. Mm-hmm. So if you're in one extreme, expect the other real fast. Yeah. 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 So ebbs yeah. and flows. And I, I think that's okay. As long as you do something. Yeah, no, I love that. And speaking of it swinging, you know, the opposite way real fast. One of the last questions we have last few questions, where do you pull your strength from when it does swing to the opposite side and things are really just, you know, you don't know how you're going to get through the day and it's just total chaos. And you're like, what am I doing with my life kind of thing, you know, and then you have a a human being to care for as well. Where do you pull your strength from? Emily, you can go ahead and go for the word faith comes to mind. And I don't necessarily mean that in a religious way, although if you want to apply it that way, that works, but that unrelenting belief that the universe is conspiring in your favor, that you look back on what you've already done and already achieved and already been through, because we've certainly all been through a lot of hell and a lot of dark already, and examining how to this date, it has always worked out, even in these times before where we're like, what the hell am I going to (laughs) do? And it's not that this is easy to do, but that's where you just have to let go and accept that you're not going to know everything and you're not going to know what the next step looks like all the time, but that it's going to work out in your favor. And that's really, really hard shit to do. But I think in terms of drawing a peaceful strength that looking back on what has already occurred and relying on that faith is really, really helpful. And then of course it's me 
So I'm always going to go back to that physical strength aspect of it too, and draw from that practice to try to, you know, build enforcements around my mental toughness. Yeah, I was going to say on that physical strength. Yeah, that definitely resonates too with coming back to your own inner strength, inner core of yourself and believing in yourself and that confidence, as well as obviously the universe and, you know, that faith too. I like that a lot. How about you, Lisa? My gosh, that was so beautiful and perfect. I I can't even like, wow, that's, (laughs) I'm not even going to try to like recap what you just said, but that a lot of it is what it resonates with me too, is, you know, and everything you said in the answer prior about being able to look at things on a macro level. I mean, I think we talked about this in a previous episode, or maybe we just talk about together and being able to look at things, maybe even from a forward perspective, like just imagine yourself years down the road, looking back on what you're experiencing right now. And perhaps you're going to have some fun, like, oh my gosh, I got myself in a mess, but I made it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being able to detach a little from the moment is a helpful way to, to regain some focus in that fortitude that you're describing that strength. So I think a lot of it is in the mental of being able to give yourself some grace to experience some things that you've never done before. So a lot of grace and a lot of self-worth, you are worthy of everything that you desire and it already exists. And as you said, Emily, to have faith that it will be. And this is just a moment. Yeah. Okay. I have just one other question and we'll wrap up. Okay. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Em. There's always a solution. If you know that there's always a solution and stop trying to force it, that's when the solution comes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to the whole helpful people thing too. And we talk a lot about doing a lot of the inner work when things get hard, but when you have your tribe and your collaborators and and your partners, your friends, it's helpful to work through some of that with people who are going to value you for, and see you for where you are in your space. And I think as we're talking about being parents in this episode and also business owners, and I don't want to discount that, you know, perhaps we are single moms and entrepreneurs, but it, there's a lot of work to be done in having a family unit and introducing in entrepreneurship. And sometimes two people within a household are entrepreneurs and also having children, but there's a whole dynamic and also a challenging conversation that requires a lot of candidness and being able to accept change because things are going to change. Mm-hmm. And it's the scary things that cause us, allow us rather than cause, allow us to grow the most. Yep. Yeah. Change, funny enough, I know the change is the only constant, but really it is, it is the only true stability. You can always guarantee that things mm-hmm. will, you know, change. So if you can learn to kind of flow with that or be adaptive, mm-hmm. that certainly can help. Well, one last question that was sent in from the listeners and we can start with you, Lisa, any advice to someone that's afraid to start a business, has children, may be married or maybe a single parent, but you know, was always told they should have, it would have been better if they didn't have kids. So what would be your advice for them to, you know, just kind of that first step? Oh, taking the first step. Yeah. I mean, I hear from a lot of people who say, well, I'll start my business when the kids are this age. And just as we were talking about in the previous conversation, there's no perfect time and it's going to be challenging. And the sooner you jump in, the sooner Mm -hmm. You're going to work through those initial challenges, but you'll do it. And again, it's, it's just being willing to be open to the change and adapting to it as you were describing and taking that plunge because there's no better time than, than now. I think there's a habit where we beat ourselves up. Like I'll never be the perfect mom. I'll never be the perfect business owner. I'll never be blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, no one's ever going to be perfect, but there's this inner resentment I've experienced can build up if you're not living in your purpose. It's Mm -hmm. almost like you're not serving yourself and you can feel it. And people can feel that and your family and your kids can feel that. 
And, you know, maybe you're going to mess up in front of your kids or your spouse or, or the whole world for all I know, but it's very admirable and failing in front of your kids is one of the best things they can see because they know that, Mm. okay, yeah, yeah, it's, I'm not scared to fail. I've seen it and um, I can get comfortable with it and I I will succeed. Yeah. Failure is, is just a necessity on the road to success. Yes. It doesn't mean that you're actually like done. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You're just going to expect it. You're going to have multiple failures. And also it's just, it takes courage. And if if you're a parent and you brought children in the world, you've got a lot of courage Mm -hmm. (laughs) and why not? It's, it is very similar to bringing in a child into the world to start a business that comes from your heart. And I love that. That was beautiful. That just gave me goosebumps Mm -hmm. because I think about too, especially on the topic of failure, you know, we're so primed as kids and growing up, even all the way through high school, through college that, you know, if you don't get this grade, then you're not doing well, or you're not important. And so I feel like there's not enough teaching around the idea that failure is a good thing. So to be able to do that in real time through your business and show up that way with your kids. It's just, that's beautiful. I love that, that you said that. Thank you. I'm glad that made sense. (laughs) (laughs) And how about you, Em? Well, okay. I've got a little tarot reference in my mind and that is follow the cups and the pentacles will come. And basically what that means without going into an entire explanation of tarot is like, follow your soul, follow your soul's purpose, not the money or the earthly matters, because that stuff will come when you've solidified your soul's purpose. And I can apply that a little more practically. I'm a person who takes great pleasure in like blowing up social constructs. I don't like rules. I don't like (laughs) limits and boxes. And, you know, you shouldn't do this if this, you know, that could be to my detriment sometimes, but that sort of makes me want to do something more. So I would just really, (laughs) some people might say, be the devil on your shoulder being like, look, if this is what your soul wants to do, like, just fucking do it. Like, or, you know, like Lisa said, it's going to affect everything and everyone in your life. If you're just doing something because it's what you're supposed to do, quote unquote, then, you know, that's not what this is about. It's not why we're here. (laughs) Yeah. hundred percent. And although I don't have children yet, I do think that another piece of advice that kind of can go towards this is I, I know specifically Emily and Lisa, you both kind of jumped right in with your businesses. Hold my beer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And for some folks out there that may not be able to do that, or they're too scared to do that. My advice, since I'm doing both Mm -hmm. at the moment Mm -hmm. is to just do something in Mm -hmm. that direction. So Mm -hmm. you may not just jump right out and have this huge business, but if it's, you know, feng shui, just as an example, start taking a class, just start moving in that direction, start moving forward. Like you said, to your souls and your heart's desired, and just go in with an open mind of curiosity and see what might unfold. And you'd be just, you'll be so amazed, you know, when you look back and to that effect, like it's okay to be on someone's payroll while you're building your business. Yeah. If you have a situation where, where that works out, like there's nothing less entrepreneurial about that, No, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I, I don't mean to say like, Everybody just blow up your whole life, <laughs> even though that's kind of what I did, but I'm in. No, that, but, so. <laughs> but it, it, there's a different way for everybody, you know, yeah, and you, it you just depends it. on where something. you're at. Yeah. Do just something. Do something. Exactly. If nothing changes, nothing changes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, this has been such a cool episode. It I think has. I'm excited that we, you know, got to start answering some questions. And like I said in the beginning, please continue to reach out. This makes it so much more fun and exciting. I mean, we do have 
some amazing guests we're going to be bringing on the show. And we do have our own topics as well, but it means even more in my opinion, when we can answer your desiring questions. So do you guys have anything else to add before we I want to thank both of you. I wrote down so many gold nuggets from this and so many good quotes that I feel really empowered completing the rest of my day and getting some of this momentum in some of the projects I have going on, but it just needs to be a little bit. I wrote down curiosity. And as we were talking about children in this episode as well, too, there's a lot we can learn from our children in getting into that energy of curiosity and wonder and all and joy in that we do. So yes. there's a shared learning, like a real teacher yeah. by our children. So they're learning from us and we're learning from them and they might as well go on our journey with us. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. There love are little that. partners in crime. They are. And in in fact, some, some bark, but <laughs> some bark. Still- some bark. <laughs> Some, some human children bark too. Let's, yeah. Yeah. There's let's, that. Be real. <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> thank oh. you so much. Oh yes. Thank and you. thank you again to the listeners. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here. we just love coming together and being able to, you know, put ourselves out there for you. And hopefully there's one thing you can take away. So, and, you know, make your day a little brighter. So, all right. Well, thank you girls. Appreciate you. And I'll talk to you in five minutes. Talk to you in five. Bye. Bye guys. Thank y'all so much for listening to our podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends so they can join our circle of collaboration on this journey. You can find us on Instagram at Conscious Collaboration Podcast, on Spotify, iTunes, and Audible to name a few. Please join us next time for another deep dive into how you can live life in more alignment mind, body, and business. Send us your questions and comments in our DMs or email us at consciouscollaborationpodcast at gmail.com. See you in five minutes.